0: I am very excited about today's topic. We are going to be talking about environmentalism as it relates to my favorite movie series, Godzilla, and we're going to be talking a little bit about my favorite movie, Godzilla: King of the Monsters. This is the Bill Sang Podcast. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Black swamp blues take me home. So, um. Today we're going to be talking, as you heard me say, about environmentalism. And one of the reasons why I like to bring this up is because recently I saw an article online uh, that, uh, and I just saw the headline, I didn't bother to read the article itself, but as you probably know, there is a collapse of a building in Florida, and the headline said uh, that they could tell you about how climate change could have affected how the building collapsed. That sounded like a little bit, uh, a little bit too far, uh, at least for how I, I guess I see things. Um, so I mentioned about Godzilla King of the Monsters. The Godzilla uh, trilogy actually is what I'm talking about. Uh, What's part of the MonsterVerse quadrilogy uh, that has been produced by Warner Brothers and Legendary. And uh, man, I, I've just been absolutely blown away by this series. And the reason being because I have just seen a lot of, whether it's intentional or not, conservative messaging within the three Godzilla movies that have been made in America. Uh, So um, environmentalism in general, I think that it has been taken a little bit further than what it would even please God for us to do. That's why I think it's such an important worldview issue. In the book of Genesis, when God creates all the animals, creates the environment, uh, that he creates mankind and then says mankind has authority over everything else in creation, that they are to rule over it, to have dominion over it. Uh, We as Christians like to use the word stewardship, that we are stewards of the environment. But ultimately, mankind was not made for the natural world, but the natural world was made for mankind. Of course... If you read your Bible, you probably notice that I am actually um, kind of uh, 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 utilizing another verse that says the Sabbath is not made for man, but uh, or the man's not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man. Um, and I think that, in many respects, that that is how creation was. In fact, there is even a verse that says that the world was created to be populated; it was supposed to have people on it. And yet there is a movement that says that the world is overpopulated, that there's too many people. And there's even some people that suggest that the population of the world needs to be drastically decreased. Now, I'm not going to go into that too much right now, except for as it relates to this Godzilla trilogy that I am talking about, that I'm so excited to be able to talk to you about right now. Um, There's so much I can say about it, Uh, even in the second one in the series, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. There's even some Christian imagery. Again, whether that's intentional, unintentional, I really don't know. But let's start with the very first one. It's It's just called Godzilla, also known as Godzilla 2014 among fans because there are multiple movies with the title Godzilla. And so to distinguish it, we call it Godzilla 2014. There was a line in the movie that uh, that really sparked a lot of controversy. People talked a lot about it. And there's a scene in the movie where the military is coordinating with the scientists about how to deal with these new monsters that have arisen, as and, and also with uh, Godzilla as he has appeared on the scene. And the scientist, Dr. Zawa says that the arrogance of man is that... We believe that we are in control of nature, not the other way around. Now, why is that so profound right there? Well, one, there are certain people that want to make it clear that uh, that line is not referring to the idea uh, that mankind is causing climate change, uh, as there is uh, this movement saying that mankind is actively destroying the world through uh, creating climate change, an unnatural shift in weather patterns uh, throughout the world, even. Nonetheless, when you listen to the line, it's very hard to deny that uh, the scientists in the movie and the person who wrote that line, that they were clearly saying that mankind is a part of nature and that as such, that we aren't controlling nature, but rather nature is, in a sense, kind of controlling us. Um, and so as operatives inside of the natural world, that that would also suggest that perhaps that we're not necessarily the problem in the world, but maybe we are an element that can actually bring about the solution in the world. Now I mentioned before, uh, just a few moments ago, about how I don't think that environmentalism is being used the right way. What do I think, how do I think environmentalism should be used? I think it should be used to secure clean water supplies. I do think that it should be secure to, to secure clean air, as there are some parts of the world where you can't even go outside because of how polluted the air is, uh, that the air is literally bad for you. And ultimately, I, I think that environmentalism should be used with a primary focus on mankind and bettering the human condition. Why is that? Some might say, well, mankind is responsible for the destruction of the environment. I disagree. I think that mankind is innovative enough to be able to bring about good for humankind, but also for the rest of the natural order. Um, if you have a Christian worldview, then what you see is that we are living inside of a fallen world. There's death, there's sin, uh, there's killing and so forth inside of the world. And as such, there needs to be improvement the human condition. And environmentalism, in that respect, being a steward of God's creation is an aspect of a redeemed culture. So that line, uh, arrogance of man is thinking that we are in control of the environment and and in control of nature and not the other way around, I thought was very powerful. Powerful enough even to catch the attention of certain uh, conservative commentators They made a pretty big deal about it and uh, actually exposed that point. In fact, I didn't even think about it until they brought it up. And after I heard them talking about it, I even said that that's great that we can finally claim Godzilla on the conservative side of of the political spectrum. The second one would be in the sequel. And that one I felt perhaps was even more powerful in driving the point against environmental alarmism. And again, I say alarmism because what that suggests is that climate change, pollution, and all these things that are popular in the environmentalist movement are so dangerous that they could destroy the world. In Godzilla King the Monsters, they made a very gutsy move. They decided that the um, villains in the movie were actually going to be a part of an eco-terrorist group. That was bent on reducing the human population drastically, drastically, if not entirely, bringing about possibly the extinction of the human race, even though it seemed like the you know, remnants of them wanted to preserve humanity, wanted to keep humanity going, but reducing it so much that the environmental impact that people have is, is practically nothing. So what'd they do? (laughs) Well, same thing that anybody would do inside of such a movement that wouldn't eliminate mankind. You find a giant 500-foot three-headed golden dragon that spits lightning bolts from its mouth uh, to wipe out uh, the entirety of mankind from the face of the planet. Uh, What the movie shows then is, well, first, it it has one of the villains who is kind of an anti-hero or a sympathetic villain. I don't know how you want to put it the mother of one of the heroes explains her idea that mankind's population needs to be reduced by so much because of the pollution, because of the war, because of all these bad things that mankind brings about. And therefore uh, reducing the population and releasing the Titans as they're called in this movie, the giant monsters like Godzilla and Geetra, um, would then uh, basically reset the earth and that they would be good for the environment. As well, and thus the release of King Ghidra, the the villainous monster in the movie, and uh, Godzilla's um, uh, uh, mission to defeat King Ghidra as well. Now, again, I have to mention this really briefly that there is Christian imagery even inside of the movie. For one, um, they always do portray the Titans, well, the name Titan in general. Is the, Those are the precursors to the Greek gods in mythology. Uh, and so they always have this sort of sacredness to them inside of the series. And on top of that, there is a scene in the movie where they say that Godzilla has been killed. And then he's revived, more powerful than what he was before, and goes to fight and defeat King Ghidra afterwards. And I also like the scene where uh, buildings are melting around Godzilla as he finally uh, uses a technique that can just roast the dragon without any sort of effort. It brings images of revelation to my mind personally. But again, I'm starting to deviate from the point of uh, environmentalism and how this, how these movies have really uh, capitalized on talking about environmentalism. Uh, and uh, Godzilla King, the Monsters, as I said before, is indeed my favorite movie in large part because of the worldview elements because of its uh, how it talks about environmentalism even though it does show kind of both sides of uh of the spectrum there and that it hints that in some ways it's for the environmental alarmism that's going on right now and in other ways that it's against it um what was the writer's true intention i really don't know uh, and i don't know that many people do know aside from the writer himself now in that regard i do have to say that uh, godzilla versus kong though being a very fun movie didn't really talk a whole lot about that they showed kong and they showed a uh, skull island uh, was flooded and overcome by storms and i think that was sort of a reference to climate change as well uh, so it kind of deviated from the messaging as it was going in the first two movies uh, and kind of taking it more in the direction of alarmism. But even then, I think that that movie was more so focused on just the fun of bringing these two legendary monsters, Godzilla and Kong, against each other in a giant battle and then uh, wrapping up the movie with an epic battle between them and Mecha Godzilla um, and kind of uh, resetting their relationship, Godzillas and Kongs, in the movie uh so that there's a future for the monsterverse and for the two monsters uh in future movies so uh, in a nutshell that's pretty much uh those movies as it relates to environmentalism i'm sure there's a lot more references that i'm missing right here um i know that in king of the monsters that there are floods geedra brings about you know different changes in weather patterns on a catastrophic level Uh, Those are things I'm not going to address right now, Um, but um, I I, I think that very much that there are still hints of the other side, too, of, of the conservative side being expressed inside of these movies, which makes them particularly fun for me. So we've had some fun talking about environmentalism as it relates to the Godzilla trilogy, and I have to say that it is actually a very important topic. Your stance on it Uh, is crucial, as environmentalism uh, itself, I think in many regards, is a particular type of worldview. If you believe the human population has to be reduced, then that clearly shows that you probably do not value human life uh, as highly as maybe what God wants us to. As God says that we are created in his image, and therefore we need to be looking out for one another, Um, not just as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also just for our fellow mankind in the respect that we want to see all people come to repentance, all people come to salvation, all people enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, And I, I know it sounds very optimistic, but I really do believe that's God's call on our lives is to reach as many people as we possibly can, regardless of who will and who will not accept the gospel message. And so I would like to encourage you that um, you know if, if you are passionate about the environment, you know, be passionate about the environment. But definitely be thinking about your stances. Are your stances harmful to human beings? Or are they helpful to human beings? One of the most enlightening things to me, for instance, was when I worked uh, for a little while at Marathon Petroleum Corporation and I saw that Gary Hemminger, the CEO at the time, had written a letter to the Pope explaining the advantages of fossil fuels to the human condition of how they are uh, more beneficial to people than uh, than what we would call green energy sources as it uh, relates to um providing heat and energy for people across the world as those sorts of sources he said uh, can actually bring about lots of respiratory diseases and lots of lots of suffering, where uh, fossil fuels have been responsible for the betterment of the human condition, preserving life, helping people to stay warm during the winter, uh, and, and just making life just all around more comfortable and better for people who have access to those sorts of elements. And so environmentalism, it's, it's a very important topic. I believe that we should keep our environment clean. I believe that we should keep our water sources clean as across the world, many cultures do not have as much respect for their clean water supplies as what I think that we do here in the United States. In many ways, we take it uh, for granted, and I I don't think we should. We're so blessed to be able to have a system in place that cleans our water and and uh, in in many regards that we have standards in place that keep the air clean. I, I think sometimes we go overboard with that, but it is important to have clean air. Nobody's for dirty air and dirty water. I think that we all can uh, stand together in that regard, but we have to be looking at the human condition first, making the human condition better, and then if it happens to negatively affect the environment at all, we can always Adjust and make changes. In fact, that's our role in nature as being created in the image of God, is to be able to help nature to become better as we are living in a fallen world. We can't make improvements on a perfect world created by God, but we're living in a fallen world created by God, and we can make improvements on it to make it a little bit more like the way that God wants it to be. One day we'll be reunited with our Creator, and we'll live in that perfect world again where we won't have to worry so much about environmental causes as it will be God's perfect world once again so i appreciate you joining me for this podcast my name is bill sang this is the bill sang Co- podcast please remember to like share and subscribe black swan blues take me home black swan blues take me